every Lib Dem campaign in the country has unlimited money and unlimited manpower. It's easy getting elected as a Lib Dem. Turn up, you get elected, no problems. If that's not your reality, and I suspect it isn't, then you might need to do some targeting. This is Targeting 101 by the Lib Dem Podcast. Welcome back to the Lib Dem Podcast. And we're on an episode where we're not talking about the crazy circus that is this government. We're going back to some of the things we used to do long, long time ago. We're talking about actually campaigning. A bit of advice for you, a bit of guidance from our brilliant panellists. And we're going to do it specifically this time on targeting. Now, targeting can mean all sorts of things. It can be meaning about targeting a demographic in a particular ward. It can be actually targeting on a national scale, which we are going to have to do in the run-up to a general election. It's a really complex issue. We've touched it on other podcasts, whether it's about election packs, whether it's about how you get your vote out, whether it's about starting from scratch. But targeting is absolutely key. So we're going to talk about how you target, who you should target, how you can make use of it. And also, and what we're going to start off with is what is targeting. But before we get on to that, I just want to say a very quick thanks very much to all our Patreon supporters who donate a little bit of money to the podcast every month. It really does help. We do this all as volunteers, so we really appreciate it. And just for you Patreon uh, subscribers, we have a special little section which you can get a sneak preview of right now. I think it can go wrong when you don't have enough people door knocking, by which I mean you only have data from the candidate. And the candidate's data is notoriously um, less reliable. (laughs) Who his name is not on the ballot paper and so he's not quite as emotionally invested. And I say this as a candidate. Um, People don't want to tell you that they're not voting for you but they're quite happy to tell your mate up the road that they're not voting for Lisa. God, useless, whatever. So um, we had it in, uh, we have some experience of losing a key campaign, losing a key ward and a key candidate, key campaigner was the candidate in that ward by two votes. And that was partly because we thought, yeah, yeah, it's candidate-itis, but actually not enough people had knocked on doors, so we didn't know we couldn't get a sense of it properly. And so it's getting enough variety and enough experienced campaigners knocking on doors so it's not just one person. Okay, that was a sneak preview. That's just for our Patreon subscribers. So if you do want to do that, head over to Patreon at LibDemPod and you will be able to sign up for £3 a month and, like I say, helps keep the podcast going. But now that's done with, let's introduce our panel. So first up, we have Sam Alhamdani from Oldham. Hello, Sam. Hello. Welcome back. Are you well, Sam? Uh, uh, chipper as ever. Oh, wait. Well, 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 okay. That, that's, a, that's a good start. Right. Someone who's always chipper is Hannah Kitchen, the leader of the Barnsley Lib Dems. Hello, Hannah. Hi there, John. Hi, everyone. And last but by no means least, we have Lisa Smart, our parliamentary candidate for Hazel Grove, one of our key target seats. So she knows about targeting and also a longtime local government councillor as well. Hello, Lisa. Hi, John. Right, guys, let's go with the, the simplest of simple questions. I'll go with Lisa first. What is targeting? Targeting is concentrating your resources, because as you said at the start of the show, um, we have limited resources, whether that's money, whether that's people, whether that's time. It's concentrating those resources to maximise your impact. So whether that's winning, whether it's coming a good second with the idea of winning next time, it's concentrating focusing, prioritising to maximise your result. And I suppose, Lisa, let's take it to the widest possible extent we can. So we are in, I want to say, the run-up to a general election. Everyone's now thinking about it. And there's lots of talk, both in the media and in local parties, about targeting on a on a general election level. Anyone that's read the Thornhill report knew we targeted too widely last time and didn't focus in our efforts. So it's a key part of us winning more MPs is targeting. Is that correct, Lisa? That's 100% correct. And under first past the post, you only get elected if you get more votes than everybody else on that ballot paper. And under a different system, we would campaign differently. We would prioritise differently. We'd probably run all of our messaging and our prioritisation completely differently. But... For the time being, until we get more Lib Dems elected, we've got first past the post. And so we only win 
in those places where we really, really focus our efforts. So within the borders of those target seats, those target constituencies, that's where any effort you have, particularly in that short campaign of a general election, that's when you can have the most impact, maximise our votes, maximise the number of Lib Dem MPs returned to Parliament. Because not all of us are immediately thinking of the general election, it is important to stress, and this is what we're going to talk about going forward, it's all about subsets of that as well. So it, you might be thinking, OK, can we target a particular ward, Hannah? And that is a, another key component because, you know, myself and uh, and you are... We both have several wards within our council areas. We don't tar- we don't we don't go after every single ward. We're very selective in which we t- in which wards we target. Yeah, that's right, John. So you know, obviously, when you break it down, obviously, parliamentary level, you're looking at constituent constituencies, which involve a number of wards. Then you can break it down further than that and, and look at wards. So if if you take um, if you take Barnsley as an example, Barnsley as a metropolitan. Metropolitan Borough has got 21 wards, each of which have three councillors in them, elected in thirds. So um, we, you know, when when we when we started out by wanting to get a Liberal Democrat councillor in Barnsley, we did that by targeting one ward. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, pick a ward and win it is a is a well known and, and popular. Lib Dem phrase and that's exactly what we did okay and that can sometimes be quite a hard message to get across to local party executives and to um and particularly activists as well who um who want to just do one leaflet you know a lot of people don't like the idea of paper candidates don't like the idea of you know just being a name on a ballot paper and say well you know I don't want to stand on that basis I I just want to do a little bit. Um, you know, we really in Barnsley, if, if we were to put out just one leaflet in some of our wards, that would probably take our votes from 73 to, I don't know, 112. Yeah. We, we, we're, not, we're not talking about making any kind of difference here. So rather than doing one leaflet in five different wards, making five activists and candidates feel good about themselves because they've done a little bit to get the name of the Lib Dems out there, you instead do, for example, in the same time period, five leaflets in one ward and you maximise your impact that way. Um, tell me to stop on this if you want, but you can go even further in that targeting and look at polling districts within that ward. We'll maybe come to that. And Sam, from your point of view, because we've talked about the, the geographical targeting, also when you do targeting as well, and we're going to get into this, it's all about, it can be a particular demographic within a ward, within a polling district, How and, and we're going to go through all the different example folks of how you can possibly use targeting to help you get your message out, because it is about message, isn't it, Sam? Uh, it totally is about message. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you aren't prepared to target your message, you're effectively just saying, I'm quite happy to waste some of my time and effort. Yeah. It, re- it really is that simple because every time you put something in front of someone which is irrelevant to them, you've wasted your time. It and didn't gain you a vote. It probably annoyed the person. So if anything, it's actually achieved the opposite. And I suppose if you're thinking from any other business and politics, we're in the business and what we do is in the business of marketing a person or a policy. That's kind of what we do. So if you were any other business in the world, say if you were Coca-Cola, if you had data that suggested that these people do not like fizzy drinks in any shape or form, why would you possibly spend advertising on them? You wouldn't. You would not target those people. You would target people that were interested even slightly in your product. And that's what this is about. Is that a, a decent enough analogy, Sam? Uh, does it, it's not even an analogy. Like the whole of the polling industry yeah. is basically an attempt to define this. Like it's the biggest part of what we do. Um, and if you don't think about it, you're, you're wasting your time. Hello, John from the Lib Dem podcast here. We are delighted to say that this episode is sponsored by Prater Reigns. Now more than ever, you need a professional looking online presence and website. Prater Reigns have been helping Liberal Democrat campaigns succeed for 18 years. Their Lib Dem Foci package combines a website, social media and email system to help Lib Dems win. 
you'll receive great support from real people, fair pricing and a huge range of features to choose from. Praetor Reigns are already the bespoke developers for Lighthouse, LibDemDraw Online and the LD directory. They combine a talented system design with an unrivaled understanding of our party, our data and our systems. To find out more, check out the Praetor Reigns website at praetorreigns.co.uk slash liberal-democrats. Right, so we're going to talk now about the kinds of people, voters, that we want to target. So this isn't like a test for the rest of the panellists. I do have a list in front of me, um, but I'm going to take it around. And we'll, uh, we'll go We'll go with Sam first, since he was last that time. Okay, so a, a key group of voters that you might want to target, Sam. Uh, let's go for your the opposition squeeze party. Okay. So I'm gonna I've used that term and some people some people know exactly what I'm talking about and and some people uh, won't have a clue. Um, so if you've got a party in third place, say, and you're you're in second place, you want to just gently move them out of the picture uh, to one side. And so you have to get key messaging to those people to go. Mm, you don't you might not have an effect if you vote for your people. And here are the good things that we do which match with what you think is important. And a classic example of that is if you look at our um, parliamentary by-election successes recently, squeezing that Labour vote and that Green vote until the pipsqueak was really important in that because um, you'll find as you're out there that there'll be lots of people who'll be willing to vote Lib Dem if they think that their their party has no chance of winning. And that's whether you're Tory-facing or Labour-facing. Hannah, next, key group of voters. Yeah, so I was going to go a bit more, uh, a bit more back to basics than Sam, and I was going to go for people who actually vote. Yes. So, uh, so you can get a glorious thing called marked registers. So you have twelve months after a certain election, so whether that's a general election or a by-election or a referendum or a set of local elections, to get from your local council electoral services the marked registers, and that is well exactly what it says really. So. When you go to the polling station and and give your polling number, your polling card, your name to vote, they will draw a little penciled line next to your name on a physical paper copy of the marked register. They then store those, uh, they scan them in and store them electronically and, and you can get that. Now, when you look at some local council elections, we have wards here in Barnsley that have an 18% turnout. Yeah. Okay. Now... We could get a little bit more complicated, uh, you know, with, with this because we could say, well, you know, turnout's down because Labour do absolutely naff all and it's driven down engagement. And actually, you want to drive up turnout and you could probably win it without switching a single vote just by improving turnout. <clears throat> However, when you're talking about, say, um, a parliamentary by-election, for example, um, we we spent quite a lot of time in Tifton Honton knocking an all-on register list because the local party didn't have any marked registers from the previous general election because they weren't anticipating being a, a target parliamentary seat anytime soon. And what I had to say to actually some of the really quite experienced canvassers who were out with me was, you know, you might come across people who say to you, I don't vote, mate. I know I never vote. I've never voted my entire life. And truly, if someone has literally never voted in their entire life, they're probably not going to vote in this one either. You know, what, what turnout did the, did the by-election get? Like 60%? Yeah. You know, so when you're knocking on doors, you've got four out of 10 people there who, yeah, they might be on the electoral register, but they ain't going to vote. So, you know, when you're knocking that kind of list, if someone is not giving you a, even the slightest glimmer of interest, you know, move on spend your time talking to the people who are actually likely to vote in the elections. And before I bring Lisa in for her suggestion, one thing we should just talk about is when you start your campaign in the summer, because if you're starting in Easter, it's too late, folks. Um, If you're starting summer, the way I've always thought of it is you start wide and become more focused as you get closer to the election. And that is the way of doing it. So if you're thinking, oh, well, I, you know, I haven't spoke to this particular person in ages who never votes. You can do that in summer. That's fine. There's, there's a bit of time there. As you get closer to, closer to that election, you need to concentrate and target on the key people that are going to get you elected. That, um, Lisa, your suggestion. 
I'm going to talk about geography, John. Yes. Um, so one of the first things you should do if you're looking at campaigning is work out where you're campaigning. So are you looking within the boundaries of a constituency? Are you looking within the boundaries of a ward? Learn where those boundaries are. And if the odds side of the road is within the ward, campaign to them. But the evens not in the ward. You don't need to campaign to them because their votes will not be counted in the same piles. And yep. um, this matters, and we, you mentioned 2019, John, as a general election where targeting was not a key strength of the Liberal Democrats. I think we'll say that. Um, and indeed, the Thornhill Review said that several times and more. Labour did not nail it either. And from personal experience, so I was our, I was the Lib Dem candidate in Hazel Grove in 2019. We didn't win, you'll recall. But equally, Labour didn't win High Peak. Now, High Peak is the neighbouring seat. Labour lost High Peak by 500 and something votes, yet Labour were campaigning in Hazel Grove on polling day. And had those activists been over the road in High Peak, it could have been a different story. And so we didn't nail it, they didn't nail it, and I think there's something for us all to learn there. In terms of um, geography being an important factor behind campaigning and behind targeting, it's because of the way our elections run. So back to first past the post, we're not on a regional list basis. So it's not like when we had European elections and a vote here, a vote in Oldham weighed the same as a vote in Preston, weighed the same as a vote in Stockport. We can only win, we are only likely to win in a limited number of places and focusing our effort within those places, those, those geographical locations, means we can better harness our our talents and energies and all of that, and stand a better chance of winning. Okay, so I'll come to the next one, and uh, I will just, I'll read one out, and then you, I'll let you guys come in. Well, not uh, Hannah, as she raids the kitchen <laughs> cupboards or stops her daughter from raging the, raging <laughs> the kitchen cupboards. One, an absolutely crucial one, and every guidebook you will ever see, and I should point out, we're not going to give, a, we're not giving away massive trade secrets here, there's lots and lots of resource for you guys to go, whether it's the ALDC or the Campaigners Hub or HQ, whatever, or, the, or even your regional campaign officers. Loads of people have all this information. It's just people don't do it. And one of the key groups that you must, you must target is postal voters. Uh, and Hannah did the biggest reaction there, so I'll let her go. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That that was going to be next on my list after people who vote. So um, in, in a slight diversion from, from my previous uh, advice, I would strongly recommend that you don't bother with marked postal voter lists mm. because you're... Um, so if you've got two groups of voters, so you've got people that are registered for a postal vote and then you've got people who um, go to the polling station to vote. If you look at the differential turnout between those two groups of people, what you will find is whatever your turnout is, whether it's 18%, 35%, 6%, the vast majority of your turnout comes from postal voters. And I know that there are, you know, there are some there are some places where a party has kind of, you know, really, really worked that postal vote list, made sure they've got all their supporters onto postal votes, you know, really looked after those postal voters. And, you know, and they're looking at kind of like 80, 90 plus percent turnout. On, on those on those postal voters so and I'm always of the view that you know if a postal voter fundamentally if you bother to sign up for a postal vote you what you do actually actively want to vote so um you know sometimes someone might not have voted in a particular election they don't show up on that that um you know marked register marked post voter list you know, they might they might have been ill they might have been away on holiday you know as a general rule that person is still more likely to vote than um than anyone that isn't signed up for a postal vote so i would you know as your kind of absolute baseline if you haven't got time to do absolutely anything else hand me your postal voters and you need to get to your postal voters earlier because you need to remember your postal vote polling day is two weeks earlier than than your on the day polling day. You have two polling days. And so if you wanted to be super, super brutal, which is, to be honest, what we do a lot of time in Barnsley because we just don't have a lot of capacity. We talk, we, we, we talk to postal voters and we talk to people who voted on the day in, in previous years. That's how we target. But I get very nervous about any attempts to slim down that postal voters list. 
because yeah. they're such a such an important group. And you can get people into that group as well through the year. You know, so if someone says, "Oh yeah, I always felt always felt Liberal Democrat," you know, but oh, it's getting hard to get to the polling station. Please have a postal voting form. That's the way to do it. And Sam, oh, there you go. Sam has got the postal vote forms and very useful, Sam, and uh, a sign up something. Yeah, this is, yeah, we're literally in the middle of going out to postal voters or not postal voters right now. So we are targeting people who are Lib Dem flavoured voters who regularly vote. They get a nice letter about Annie Kenny, who was one of the, who was a suffragette in my ward. So she got people to vote and she, you know, so you get that and you get your postal vote thing really driving people, you know, as Hannah was talking about, to kind of go, look, it's really important that you vote and I'm targeting people who are more likely to vote for us. Um, one of the real advantages, I think, with targeting postal voters is that thing of they're going to be voting early. So we target with mail postal voters February and March, which is ahead of the schedule for when you're actually starting to count your expenses. So you can target them with more stuff that, that doesn't get included in that. We canvass them early. So we, you know, you've got a window there where you're not in your kind of like mad dash electoral panic. Go and target them then because it, it's to your advantage. And the more you get, you know, it's that high turnout. You can get them at, the, at that earlier stage when you've got capacity. Because trust me, when you're a couple of days out, they'll probably already voted, although there is a little surge of postal votes right at the end. It tends to come in two waves when they just go out and right at the end. So, you know, you might do some at the end if you know somebody hasn't, but how do you know? And we're going to um, talk about later in the podcast about ways of getting your targeted messaging out. So this is just, we're hmm. just talking at the moment about the types of people we might want to, uh, to contact. So postal voters, I think we can all agree, Sam, do you want to come back in, final part on this? Well, I want to add something to that. So Hannah talked before about that likelihood of voting, and I'm going to talk about a different group. So we massively target people to sign up for emails because, and I haven't seen any national research on that, our, in, our, in my ward, we ran the statistics over a couple of years, and people who are on our email list are even more likely to turn out and postal voters it's only marginally but they were and we know that if they signed up for our postal voting list they're definitely interested in voting Lib Dem so I, I that for me is a and, and it's easy to target them you've got there you've got there it's going to cost you less to get the stuff out to them they're probably going to vote for you and they're more likely to vote um, I think they are really we don't talk enough about them as a group if you can get people on an email list they're a really targetable group. Okay. Right. I've got a couple more. So just ones who are connected to a certain issue. So you think of petition responders in this case, uh, both nationally and locally, they happen. Again, we'll get into the weeds of that coming up. Um, new people on the register. Oh, I say, you know, not, not massive turnout, but it is something you can target. Um, People of a certain age, if you go on, those of you who, well, you should all be on Connect. I'm not going to talk to the people that aren't on Connect because you're probably not what, listening to a podcast about campaigning, are you? Um, but there is age data in there. So we had one, uh, this was, it, 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 okay, it, it's okay, it's not brilliant, the age data, but it, it, there is some there, so you can do it. Um, and you can certainly tie it. And we're not going to get into the, again, there's loads of training into how to use Connect. We're not going to get into the weeds of how to build a list and all that sort of stuff, because that is what you'll do after you hear this and be inspired to go and target. Um, so let's now go on, Lisa. Oh, so oh, Sam wants to come back in. He's well on this I one. I do. Yeah. So you talked about new people on the register, and it's not just young people on the register. Um, one of the things, so uh, people who uh, are briefly Lib Dem might know Howard Sykes, um, who's my group leader on the council. Howard has been doing this a lot longer than I am, and he's very good at it. And he says, if you get a new estate, it'll take you four years to get them to mirror the rest of your constituency. Because if, they, if they've moved in from somewhere where Lib Dems don't win, they just don't have the idea that Lib Dems win. And so you've got your new people on those new people are a very different set of new people on the register. So it's it's making sure that people who are new to your area know that this is an area where Lib Dems can win and therefore, oh, we can vote for them. It will make a difference. But so a lot of people don't just aren't used to that idea. Absolutely. So, so all this talking, if some of you are thinking right now, 
what are these people talking? How do you know all this stuff? How how do I know who a switch person is? How a squeeze person is? It's all boom, heads exploded. This is we're going to talk a little bit now about how you gather some of this data. So Hannah did a really uh, talked a little bit about mark registers. That's a key. That is almost a default. I would say any local party should be getting their mark registers because you never know when it's going to be useful. And if you think, oh, but it was going to take me ages to do, there are automatic updates now available through the ALDC as well. So I don't have time to input all the mark register data. I'm happy to spend a little bit of money and get the ALDC to do it. That now that is something you're gonna to have to work out as local parties, but there are ways of doing that with minimal time um pressures now. Um okay, Lisa, other ways we gather data. So other ways you know how to target. I'm gonna talk about geography again, John. I've already done it once, but I'm gonna do it again. So let's say you want to survey a particular street about an issue that's just affecting them. You know where they are because you can walk down the street and you survey that street. If you want to report back on a piece of casework that you've done, let's say you've got the street nameplate replaced, you want to let those people know, well, you should be doing probably, oh, good practice is two letters there. One to say, I've reported your street nameplate as being broken and asked for it to be fixed. And then when it's fixed, haha, your street nameplate has been fixed thanks to the wonderful, hardworking local Lib Dems. So geography is one of them. Another one, though, is connect. And something that lots of people don't know is that, the National Party does petitions quite a lot. So there were lots during Brexit. There are some about sewage. There's all sorts of stuff. And people see them on social media and might sign them. You, as local campaigners, can access that information. You can run a list on Connect and see National Party petition signers. They should probably be included in your target lists as people who are, if they agree with us on sewage or agree with us on PR or whatever, they're more likely to agree with us locally and consider voting for us so that's one connect geography and connect okay sam give us some other ways we gather data uh so i'm a, well petitions so if you're running a local petition um don't use the national like a number of people i've seen i well, local tories haven't realized they keep running all the petitions on change and it's like ways in which you can guarantee you're not getting people's data to use yourself Run the petition yourself, have the box, make sure you're all compliant in terms of using people's data and give them the opportunity to, to support your petition. So you've got a good campaigning tool, but to sign up for more stuff. You know, anytime you put a piece of paper or piece of electronic something in front of someone, make sure it has something whereby you get some information back on them and do the same on your website as well. I've lost, you know, I've lost track of the number of pages on a website that talk about an issue, but then don't give somebody up an opportunity at the end to go, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Mm. Click on agree. And do you want more information? And just to raise it with everyone, so there are lots of kind of petitioning websites out there like Change. So at the moment, you could, if and I have seen this done by Lib Dems, they have put out on their social media and their stuff, they've got the change.org, um, whatever the website is, general election now petition. We have our own ready to go on our the Lib Dems website. If you go to Lib Dem, if you type in Lib Dem campaigns, you get a list of all the various campaigns the Lib Dems have, whether that's fracking, say British farming, general election now, dentistry, police numbers, whatever it is, use them. That data is then taken and added automatically onto your connect. There is a, a and that's what Sam's saying is think about whether the lip whether we can get that data from it because it it's all useful. If you don't use it in the end, fine. But it's an option for you to use it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I was gonna bring Hannah in, but she's skedaddled again. Uh, one thing that you you can use petitions is a really good one. What I've just done, I've literally just come back in from it. Canvassing, canvassing, getting that door. So a woman today was there's no particular box you could possibly fill in. Which was she was traditionally a Labour voter, voted for Boris now is completely disgruntled with them all. If she's going to vote at all, it will be Lib Dems based on our local elections. All those things are really valuable little data points that go into your system. And that's why getting as much data as you can from canvassing is really important because the messages we will send to her are different from someone who is being Lib Dem throughout. 
Uh, Hannah, ways you can gather data. Yeah, that canvassing is really important. And I know you have a lot of that really good historical data in, in Preston, John, which is something that we don't have. And and I always think it's, I, I always try and impress on people with, with mixed luck. It's, <laughs> it's not... It's not enough to know that that person is going to vote Liberal Democrat in the upcoming local election. I want to know what flavour of Liberal Democrat they are. Are they a blue Liberal Democrat? Are they a red Liberal Democrat? Um, because you know that that's how we that's how we tweak our message. Yeah. And we, we came up against this um, in the twenty nineteen election when Penson's Doxbridge was one of the target seats that really should never have been on the target seat list. Um, and, and we were door knocking on people who had been previously canvassed as Liberal Democrats because they voted Liberal Democrat in the local elections and they'd filled in a survey or, or something saying that they planned on voting Liberal Democrat in the next local elections because we have such superb councillors around these parts. Um, they were never going to vote Liberal Democrat in a general election in a million years. And but we didn't know where they'd come from. We didn't have that historical data. So when you're, you know, when you're door knocking for your parish council by election, you know, it's it's not enough just to go, okay, you're voting with them, that's great. You need to ask some other questions. How did you vote in the locals last time? You know, if there was a general election tomorrow, who would you vote for? You know, they're not necessarily relevant to what you're trying to do right now, but they give you that like depth of data that is really, really important. Absolutely. So I was just checking that I had a, a random dog's head just spoke into the room. Um, other ways we can collect it. So um, one I've got, and I'll, I think Sam, you might have another one, is actually events. What you can do, and it is kind of linked with petitions a little bit. But if you're doing an event, so Preston Pride, we had we had our stall there. You know, ban conversion therapy again. Another national petition that we that we had set up. We had two hundred odd people. So, no, sorry, 300 odd people signed that petition. And some of them gave us their email, some didn't. But actually, all those people, we can now, once you log them in, we can find out that they have that their interest in that particular issue. Likewise, we've done one on the sewage dumping. Again, using events to be able to up your data amount. Because it's difficult. It is difficult. And if, you know, when a lot of people may have had bought phone numbers in the past that have been wiped because of GDPR, so building up that phone number bank that you've got, building up an email bank, as Sam's talked about, really important. Any other ways of gathering data that the that are, you know, Sam? Casework. Casework. So if you're a councillor or a campaigner, people are just going to come to you. Now, you have to be careful about the way that you get the, you know, because if they just message you on Facebook, like there's a whole sort of you need to be aware of what you're doing with their data and you need to make sure that they give you permission. But if you do something for someone, if you make a difference for them, then they are, one, an amazing person to target because they're so well disposed to you in the first place. But you're having a conversation with them already at a point where they're well disposed. They're like, oh, you've done this brilliant thing for me. Like everybody who uses your casework for as you close it off, and I'm not brilliant at doing this, but I do try, should get a little survey at the end that just goes, oh, thanks very much. Can you just give us a bit of feedback? And and one is, can you say something nice about what we've just done for you? Because that's good for campaigning down the line. It should say, who do you normally vote for? You know, who are you going to vote for again? Will you put up a poster for us? Because the number of people last time out, I just took a list of everyone who I did casework for in the year and I just sent them posters and loads of them put them up. So just make sure that you're asking people, would you do that? Because amazing, amazing proportion of them will do. My, my email signature actually has a little um, rater, ratus kind of thing, goes onto a little survey thing that they can do in about two minutes and uh, just as of that way. Lisa? I like this plan. I don't have this going on. I've got a link to our sign up for our emails at the, in my email signature from the, uh, for my councillor emails. Um, just want to underline the point that Sam made about people opting in to hear from us as campaigners, because that's not the same thing as hearing from us as councillors. And there is help available both from ALDC and the National Party about how to do that and how to stay on the right side of that. Yes, you can use the data when people have said you can use the data. Yeah, that's right. Hannah, 
Yeah, I was just going to pick that up on that as well. You know, we, we do have to be, when we're gathering data, we do have to be careful to be GDPR compliant. And, uh, you know, things like raking through people's Facebook responses uh, and recording their vote intent from that. No, we can't do that. That is not okay to do that. You have not been given permission by that person to record that information for campaigning purposes um you know if you know them and you have a conversation with them you can say oh, i noticed you said that you're, you're a member of the labor party you're okay if i use that information and generally they will tell you they absolutely are because they don't want your stinking leaflets anymore but you you can't just go raking through social media and recording people's vote intent from that it has to be collected properly you have to make sure you have all of the right fair processing agreements on your petitions on your surveys um, on your questionnaires and on your calling cards when you are canvassing as well. That is extremely important. Yeah, lovely. Any further ways? I want to, I do want to try and get now into the practical ways we can actually use it going forward. So let's talk about actually just the, the physical things we can actually do before we actually talk about some of the reasons why we do them. Uh, so I'll start with, uh, with one of ways of getting your message out. Let's go with, oh, I won't take, I'll use what Sam, because he's already on his emails. is a classic way where you can, so in your email system, and in mine in particular, I have broken down by topic. So again, if they signed a petition on stopping the sewage dumping, that becomes a little tag on them. So you know you could just, oh, I had one about getting a crossing in my ward. Anyone who responded to that petition, get that gets tagged. So I know, and I had a brilliant response when we won that fight, I was able to email and say, we've did it. Thank you so much, everyone, for getting involved. Really important. But also you can do it by geographic way. So we have, I have a non-target wards area. I have one that represents the whole city. I have one at the ward level. So there are really ways. Emails are really good way of being able to target very specific groups and you can hone your message. Because what might be interesting in my ward might have, people don't give two hoots about three wards over. And but those people in my ward really do. So that email's good on. Sam, next one. I'm going to talk about Facebook because I think uh, it was a social media. So first of all, I'm going to ignore Twitter because Twitter is for political people and you don't get access to general people. So just going to say that. Stop wasting your time there. Just just impress the political people when you've got some spare time. Facebook. Um, there's two really different ways of approaching it, I think. One is the kind of like really advertising driven, where it's you're, you're targeting by interest and you're probably looking at people who are interested in a, a specific topic or have shown some kind of political intent. And you're probably going to be paying for that. Um, so and you can do that really well. There's some really good targeting things on Facebook. I have my constituency broken down geographically by ward using postcode data so I can target Facebook advertising to particular places or you can choose particular interest things that people have said. It's not quite as precise as it used to be, but it's still pretty good. Um, so there's that way of kind of targeting on Facebook. I really like doing stuff on Facebook by effectively piggybacking onto local groups. I find this incredibly effective. What doesn't work on that is trying to send them political messages. Really, people just switch off. And I can, if I go through my kind of posts, like it goes from 8,000 engaged to 30 engaged. You know, it's that kind of a drop off. But if you talk about the sort of general, like little local things that you've been doing to a social uh kind of like page or group more of a group on facebook you get massive traction people are really interested because it's just fixing something that's a thing for them and the amount of just conversation you can have people saying thank you real kind of like granular conversations you have with people in your ward is phenomenal and now so i've got i i targeted my three local facebook groups um really engaged with them followed their rules we only post on a wednesday because they had a rule about we only we're going on our politics one day a week so follow their rules so they can't challenge me um and i know if i go canvassing if i canvass 100 houses and speak to whatever 20 30 people I reckon 
a third of the people will say, oh, yeah, yeah, I see all the stuff you do on Facebook. The level of engagement that I have in my ward from that social media is phenomenal. And to the point where people don't even necessarily, they go, oh, somebody the other day was like, oh, yeah, we know all the stuff that Sam does. Which one's Sam? And I'm like, it's me. And I'm like, brilliant. We vote for you. They didn't know me, but they vote for me. Yeah. Okay. No, using Facebook entire. I will say, though, um, I, I always think, and Sam might disagree with me, I always think of social media as an extra, not a replacement. And one of... We had a Tory candidate up against us in in a in a split Lib Dem Tory ward in Preston, and she runs loads of local community pages, really popular ones as well. Is very active on them, even blocks Lib Dem stuff, puts pro Tory stuff in there, everything, and we wipe the floor with her because people knew her doesn't mean they're going to vote for her. Now, um, but like I say, but if you but you should absolutely do it right. We do targeted Facebook. Um, adverts and whatever else so it is a, a weapon in your arsenal lisa yeah i just to agree before i come on to my point to agree with you on that we had the campaign innovation fund that funded a bit of looking at um people who campaign just with facebook and then facebook and traditional methods of of, of leaflets and facebook is a nice to have additional thing you're unlikely to win just with facebook alone so if people are listening to this starting from scratch and i know sam would agree with me on this um you if you just doing a bit of posting on Facebook, you're not going to win. Um, if you're doing all your good campaigning, community campaigning stuff, and then a bit of Facebook on top, great. All power to your elbow. Don't start with Facebook. Um, my point was about direct mail, John, and about targeting people um, depending on the information we know about them. So if if we know somebody is soft Labour, so they're thinking, well, either I'm voting you or Labour, and they're in a Tory-facing seat, so Labour aren't going to win there, giving them a message about how well round here it's us or the Tories, wouldn't you prefer us? Um, if we work together, we can stop the Tories, we can bring about change, is a really powerful message. But their next door neighbours might, might be deciding between us and the Conservatives. And so a message that, that's the same kind of bulk of the letters the same, but the thrust of it about Conservative chaos and three Prime Ministers in as many months and, and all of, you know, letting local people down taking people for granted a message around that might be better suited to them so direct mail so address mail in an envelope allows you to get a very very specific message to to a very specific address and it's really powerful and loads of evidence that we've got from campaigning over the years is that there's a real correlation not causation but real correlation between the amount of high quality direct mail that goes into a campaign and the amount of winning that we do. And you'll have seen it in by-elections. You'll see it in loads of the top-tier parliamentary campaigning. Really, really powerful. Yeah. Sam? Uh, well, and I, I'm, I'm going to talk a little now. I'm going to start to go down a rabbit hole. Okay. And you've got to be careful not to do this too much. Okay. But we'll have I a buzzer just in case you go too far down <laughs> Uh, I think you can do some really good stuff with targeted mail with subliminal uh, or uh, sort of messaging towards people. So just for example, like I do um, digitally printed uh, a set of leaflets a little bit before the election. And so because it's digitally printed, I, I first of all, I select my target group. So I go for people who are pretty much know I'm, they're going to vote. And then I categorize them by what flavor of canvas they are. And so they'll get, the, like Lisa said, the bulk of the message is the same, but then you'll switch in certain specific bits that really kind of speak to how they canvass, whether they're Labour facing, whether they're court, likely to vote Conservative. But I'll also do things like, what's the colour of the leaflet? What's the colour of the first thing that they see? Because if you're a Conservative voter and you think you even suspect that this is something political, you're more likely to pick it up and read it if it's blue. Mm. So I just, I, I, you know, don't spend ages doing this, but if you can, you know, if you know how to do it quickly, if you are good on, on connect and you can run these off really quickly and you're going to do a digital print, be aware of like those subliminal messages that are going out to people and what's going to connect to them. And it's really interesting at the moment, uh, just to pick up on this, I didn't know you were going to go down this particular rabbit hole, but it's interesting the amount of Tory MPs that 
are taking blue off their leaflets at the moment, which is an interesting way of doing Sometimes they do it because they're doing it because it's reporting back as your MP kind of thing. So they try like a neutrally dark green or something like that. Um, but it is interesting cool. how much they've taken it away. Um, one thing that links to Diet Mail and Lisa's is street letters. You know, doing it on a very small run. You know, when we think of direct mail, we don't mean putting a stamp on it. That is extraordinary. It's anything with a name and address on, basically, in order to get through. Hannah, your ways of getting the message out, and then we're going to give some good examples of what stuff we've done. Yeah, so so I was just going to say street letters. Actually, that's that's what I was that's what I was going to say next. Um, but I think you know, I think the obvious answer to this is really, you know any kind of leaflet you can put through people's doors is is where we're starting here and that can be anything from um you know focus le- you know focus leaflets or newsletters um and i have to say uh focus leaflets are are the one sort of form of of paper delivery that i never target as far as i'm concerned that goes through every single door because you know that's about being a community campaigner, being a councillor, being a local representative. And, you know, I don't I don't care if that person's not even on the electoral register and would never vote in a bazillion years. You know, I still represent them and therefore they should still get um the newsletter, you know, telling them what's what's going on. Um, you know, when it when it comes down to a it's on Thursday type polling week leaflet, I'm probably not going to trouble myself to walk up that particular drive. But yeah, you know, and, and anything you can get through. And really, the thing with the thing with street letters is, to some extent, they are your on the ground version of posting something on social media. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm certainly guilty of saying, oh, someone asked me if I could sort out a lamppost on such a street. I've reported it now. I'm happy to report it's working again. And I post that on Facebook. You know what? Really, honestly, I know I should do and. Well, hold my hands and say I don't always do this. Is as well as doing that, put that information in a street letter and trot down that street that has the street uh, lamp on it, and pop it and pop it through every single. And, and I think casework you can be, you can be small or large. So it, it, people just a lot of people because let's be honest here. There's a lot of political parties that are really weak, and a lot of areas where people do bugger all in terms of what they're. Thinking. And so actually, we we want to see that had been forty years Tory. By just doing little street letters, we did. We did. We actually tasked the the thing to do at least two a month, and it sometimes it was just we've that manhole cover that's banging. It's or sometimes like I literally just put some out yesterday for one of our campaigners based on a, a licensing application, a planning application, doing those, as Lisa said, little geographical areas you can do. That was only fifty letters, but for those people, it's it's immediate, it's quick. If you've got a template, you can get letterheads printed out. And so all you're doing then is just printing on your normal printer at home with the uh, with um, the text of the letter. I'll, I'll let Lisa come in before I go to my next point. Go on, Lisa. The point about those that makes them so powerful, John, is that they're so relevant to people. And we were t- Sam was talking about when targeting goes wrong is when you get the wrong message in front of the wrong person and it annoys them. If you're talking to somebody about their road... Yeah. There isn't anything more relevant to them. I mean, they might not care that much about the streetlight. They might not. But it's massively relevant. And it shows that, you that you're there yeah. Yeah. getting stuff done for them. And there's very little, in my experience, that's more powerful than that when you're saying, I want to represent this area. I want you to put your trust in me to represent this area because I can get stuff done and make it better. And I think they're so powerful. Street letters are so powerful. I'm slightly worried that we're talking about some quite high level, Mm. like really advanced level targeting. And people are going to be listening thinking, I can't do all this. I really want people to take from, yeah, none of us is doing all of this. None of us. Mm. And Hannah's point about focus leaflets, or as we we call them in Stockport, keeping in touch, um, everybody can do that, can put together a focus leaflet. Everybody could do street letters. And if you're starting there, great. That's your base of your pyramid. You can put other stuff on top. That's lovely. But start with those. That should be priority one and then go on from there. Yeah. And you can take this as, as far as you want to go. So an, an example I've just I've just done. So Lisa's absolutely right. But there are ways, and I want to really emphasize the fact of getting your data. And so here's a here's so we're trying to win a ward that we haven't done enough in previously, but we want to do well in it. But we have got mark register data. And we know 
the Tory vote has dropped from 2021 to 2022. So what I'm doing now is targeting those people that didn't vote between those years and go and knock on their door. There was a re and actually what it's proving to me is it'd be an absolute goldmine of soft Tories or moderate Tories that are looking for somewhere else to vote. And now this is again, don't be don't be worried. Lee and Lisa's point is absolutely right. You're thinking, well, how can I do that? Who, who does that? There's loads of help out there for you to be able to. And the worst thing you can do is think, well, it's too complicated. I'm not going to do it. Just there's it, there's like I say, genuinely, there's people being paid by the party to help you do this, and they will help you do this. So, uh, Sam, I'll let you come in. Yeah, I'm. So this is something that we've just done this summer. Um, and this is kind of, uh, we targeted people that we didn't know about. So we did a specific thing where we ran out uh, stuff for people that in Connect, it said no data. And we also knew that they'd voted in the last three local elections. Because even if they turn around and say, I hate you, that has nothing to do with you. Great. That's really useful. Because at the moment, you might be voting for me, you might not. I, and And by targeting that group, I've got so much useful data rather than finding out that uh, somebody who was Liberal Democrat is still Liberal Democrat. So at an early point in the year, targeting people you don't know about is a really good idea. Yeah, and don't just stick to stuff that's easy. I know it sounds we it is nice going to an area that's rock solid Lib Dem, has voted 67% Lib Dem, and they say how wonderful you are. That makes you feel better. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be any... It's not better for your data. And actually, this is all about... I think Lisa said at the start, I'm giving way too much praise to Lisa. It's money, manpower, and data. That is what's going to win you these elections. And and also, by getting good data, means you can go to people and ask if they want to sign up to do leaflets, if they want to sign up to become a member or put a post up at the next election. So there's loads of really good stuff there. I'm going to go around the group and get them to do their final point. Remember, though, if you're a Patreon subscriber, we have a special little extra thing on it on ways that targeting can go wrong. Um, and, yeah, and I've known some really bad ones. <laughs> um, but, OK, we'll start off with Hannah. What's your final thoughts on targeting? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say you need to keep it manageable. So you need to you need to look at the size of your team and you need to look at the skill set that you've that you've got within that team and you need to tailor your plan to that you know there's there's no point writing a campaign plan that has two full ward drops every week if you've got a team of three and a half deliverers you you just you're just not going to do it it's you know it's not going to work and and that's where where targeting is your friend because you can't deliver that ward 27 times but you might be able to deliver to the postal voters in your best two polling districts 27 times. And that's going to get you a far better result than just flogging around the, you know, the entire ward once. So you know, keep it manageable. Um, and don't be afraid as well, particularly when it gets close to the elections. This isn't something for the summer before, but when it gets close to the elections, you know, if you have walks or polling districts within your ward that you've been flogging away at them you know since the previous June and you know you just know that engagement and, and turnout levels are just absolutely on the floor you're not going to win or lose the election in in, in that little patch put it in the bin put yeah, it in the bin I, I had you know? to say to, don't, I had to don't say. be afraid to be a little bit brutal in that short campaign about I'm not going up that street this week that's okay I, I had to say this to one of our campaigners where there was a, a little rural village and he really he, he wanted to go back there again because there was there was a particular issue and there's a hundred voters there, of which maybe half will vote, of which maybe half again might vote Lib Dem. And he was putting loads of effort in to twenty five people. Yeah. And it what and it's just not a good use of your time. Um right, we'll go now to Lisa. Lisa, your kind of Thoughts, final thoughts on time? Yeah, my final thought. We, we've talked a lot about the detail of different groups and different streets to target. And I just want to take a step back, which is an interesting thing to do right as we're, we're concluding. 
but it's about deciding what's a target. So, so let's say you're in a black hole area where there's not a load of Lib Dem activity and you're thinking, and I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at Hannah actually as a really good example of this, of just pick a ward and win it. So picking the ward you're in is a good enough start or picking the ward where you were second last time or picking the ward where there's an issue that you can campaign on that's a that's a an issue that you can be on, on the right side of or on the community's side of. Pick there and put your effort in there. And as Hannah says, do five leaflets there in that one place rather than one leaflet in five places. It will have much more impact. The other thing is when you're getting into the heat of an election and we're in Stockport and we've got lots of target wards because we now we run the council. When you get into the final few weeks, you're looking at, well, where are we targeting? Where do we need that extra resource? Where, where do we think we know what the result is, whether we're not going to win or we are going to win? It's where are those places where the, that marginal effort is going to make the difference? And it's really, it's um, data, comes down to data. And the only way you get that really is by knocking on doors. And you can get a feel walking down the street and we've all spoken to campaigners who've gone, well, people are hanging out the windows shouting my name, therefore we're absolutely winning. I would gently suggest colleagues that proper door knocking where you actually ask the question rather than they were polite or, or and, and this is one of the this is one of the drawbacks. We've talked about gathering data from petitions, emails. There is a self-selecting bias in that, in terms of the people that are going to respond to your petitions are going to be people who are naturally inclined to you. This is why I am such a huge advocate of canvassing, because you are going, you are. Yes, you do, Tyler. So today's canvas I've done was just every door. And I wanted to see how Rishi Sunak was coming across, where that Tory vote was, where's where, what potential we've got for that Labour squeeze. And I got it raw and kind of unfiltered. And I think that was it's really important just to have those little checks and balances in your head. Sam. So one of the things, so I have like, um, I'm really, detailed campaign plan for the next year um and, and but i don't get rid of it like i don't do my i did my campaign plan for the year and then i get to the next year and i was like well why should i start again so i've got my campaign plan. i just decide what i'm going to change about it um and and i get and that includes things like how i'm going to funnel my targeting like i go from really broad and then i'm going to narrow it down into these groups but then when i get to kind of towards the end of that campaign period like it's really intense and you keep thinking, I don't know about everybody else, like as I'm pounding the streets in that last little bit up to the election, my brain's really engaged and it's going, oh, well, I could do what about this and what about this and what about this? And you don't you're not in a place where you can do those things. So I have a scratch pad that I have with me for that period of time. And all those ideas that I think about, like, oh, wouldn't that be a good idea? And what wouldn't that be a good idea? They just go on there and I'm prepared. I'm happy to abandon them for the end of the campaign, because I know they're on my scratch pad. And then when I get post-election and I'm in that lull that we all get, like, I don't have to think of ideas. There's a nice handy thing of, oh, aren't there, could we target this way? Could we do this thing? And then that becomes my tool to then next year, what are the things I need to change about my targeting? What ideas can I try? Like I try so many different ideas. I I did the innovation fund that Lisa targeted about, talked about, and bloody hell, I think I came up with about 30 different ways of targeting. I had like, I, I even did a thing where every piece of casework I did in a year, I had an Excel spreadsheet, which had the person's name and a sentence about what it was. So I could mail merge a individually written letter to everybody in the ward. I did that once. It was a lot of work, but I got a lot of posters out of it. Um, like, so don't do that at the point where you're in an election period. Do that when you've got the time to think about it. Be prepared to just throw those ideas to one side until you've got more time to actually target properly. And I suppose uh, a key kind of final point uh, to kind of think on is that sometimes it's where you're not targeting. And that is key. So we have... We have goals, like most local parties, we think. And, you know, if that's not working, you have to sometimes, and it is brutal sometimes, say, look, and particularly during coalition, there were some really ugly chats. And the whole Lib Dems will tell you, 
how they had to manage going from almost losing every seat one year to protecting eight out of 10 or eight out of 12 or something like that because they knew there were some seats they could not win. I hope everyone's found that useful in terms of time. Like I say, this is just a flavour of what you can do. Like I said, there's loads of resource and help out there for you. Um, but you shouldn't, but basically, if you're not targeting, you're probably not doing as good a campaign as you want. And it's also about putting strain. You know, we're all got really busy lives. And actually targeting can mean that actually you're not actually flogging yourself to death as much as we sometimes do is actually by targeting your energies efficiently. So thank you to Sam, Lisa and Hannah for coming on this episode. It's been an absolutely brilliant one. It's been nice to do another campaign. What else would you like to, to hear us talk about in terms of campaigning? We're more than, we've got a fair few years under the belt on all of us, so we can do that. Um, but thank you to everyone who listens and watches. Be sure you follow all these guys on social media. At the moment, we're still on Twitter, but the way Elon's going, you know what? We might not be very long, but we will see. But you can follow us on social media at Lib Dem Podcast. We really appreciate all your support, and we'll be back with another episode very soon.